Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Coffee, Conversation, and Coaching. I'm your host, Christian speaker and life coach, Rebecca Ann Perkins. Here, we do a little bit of Bible study, a little bit of Christian life coaching, and have some conversations about topics that really matter. Think of this as your place every week to just get discipled and to grow and know that the teaching that you're receiving is rooted in biblical truth. Ready to cut through all the self-help noise and all the quick fixes that really just waste our time? Good. Me too. <laughs> Let's get growing for your good, God's glory, and so that we can shine our light to a world that really needs it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we are on episode 53. I still have a little bit of this summer cold going on. So again, if I sound nasally, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, episode 53. Wow. First of all, I can't believe I've done 53 podcasts, but this is another singles session. So geared towards all my single ladies out there. However, I've been getting emails and feedback from a lot of married women telling them that they are finding these really helpful too, because at the end of the day, we're all pretty similar <laughs> and our experience as women and not idolizing men or marriage or yeah, just like connecting with God and ourself is very common. It doesn't really matter if you're single or married. It's very, very common. And so I'm really glad that, that these episodes have been just ministering to you guys and speaking to you guys. And they're so fun. They're so fun that I'm cranking them out every couple days right now. So we've got a couple more coming next week. And then I'll be, as I told you guys before, taking August off. There will be no new podcasts in August, um, but I'll be back in September. So it's only going to be a short little break. And there's a whole bunch of older ones to catch up on if you're new here. I know there's a lot of new people here. Quick hello to you if you're new. Um, Hello to those of you that have listened to episode one every week from the beginning. And again, if you're new, my name is Rebecca. I'm a real person, I'm 39 years old. I live in Boise, Idaho. And hi, I hope that uh, you'll reach out. You'll find me on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email. I would love to meet you. I would love to connect with you. I'm humbled and I'm honored that you're listening today. And I just pray that God um, speaks truth through me today to help you find more abundant life by believing the truth, by leaning into his absolute truth. That's what I'm here to help you do. So this episode is, I'm calling it um, how to build and maintain confidence as a single woman. So as a lot of you know, my podcast originally kind of started out as a confidence for Christian women podcast. And now I talk about slightly, you know, bigger a wider range of topics, but confidence, um, trusting God and trusting yourself, believing that God didn't mess up on you, believing that you're enough the way you are changes everything. It's one of my core principles that I work with women in and coaching. It's one of the core things that I teach women that if we can embrace true biblical godly confidence, not pride, not worldly confidence, but real like real confidence, it changes everything. It changes absolutely everything in our life. We make better decisions. We love other people better. We date and marry better. We're better moms. We're, we're better everything when we get out of our own head and stop thinking about ourselves so much. And we just know 
that like because of Christ and because of the image of God in us, we're enough. Now, it's really easy for me to say that. It's harder for women to feel that way in their real life. And women will work this out, whether they're single or married. But in today's episode, I'm going to tell my single girlfriends exactly how you can do this as a single woman. Because singleness is is a really interesting thing that can can kind of breed the opposite. I mean, it can really breed insecurity. Years and years and years of not dating or not being quote unquote picked can make any woman start to feel unwanted, unloved, unlovely, different, left out, left behind, and a whole lot of other things that are like a major shot to our self-worth. Because it does feel good to be loved. <laughs> like it does feel good to be picked, quote unquote, even by a man, you know, even in worldly sort of earthly standards, everybody loves to be loved. And so it's kind of a extra harder road or an extra special burden. Or as I've said in one or two of my other podcasts, an extra special opportunity to be a single adult woman or to deal with prolonged singleness when you would rather, or you think you would rather be married and have kids. So I'm talking 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years um, of, of be, living the single life when that's not really how you had seen your life go or even what you wanted. So I know this is a lot, but I'm going to give you guys 15 things and I'm going to go through them quickly. And most of them are self-explanatory. I'm going to give just a few sentences for each one of them. And I'm inviting you to contact me. I'm inviting you to reach out via Instagram or podcast. I mean, or email. Both of the links are in the show notes. Uh, and I want, if, if, if I read one of these 15 ways that you can build and maintain your confidence as a single woman, and you're like, that's not obvious to me. You know, it's not a simple explanation. How do you do that? Reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. It is my heart's desire to support you and to minister to you. I mean, we can even do a free coaching discovery call where we hop on the phone for 30 minutes and I'm not going to pressure you to do coaching. I'll just spend 30 minutes with you and help you get this one concept because I love single women and I have a heart for single women and I want to support you and I want to minister to you. Okay. But for the sake of podcasts and the fact that people like short, sweet podcasts, I'm going to go really fast. A different title that I could have picked for this episode is 15 things I want to thank my single self for. Okay. Because I did end up doing all these things. I learned some of them the hard way, but please learn from my experience. Please learn from my 20 years of being single. Please learn from my experience. And I look back now that I am married, only been married 10 months, but I look back now that I'm married and I'm so glad that I did these things because they helped me thrive in singleness. They helped me love my life. They helped me love God and they helped me love other people. They helped me get more healthy in order to be a good wife, in order to be more satisfied in my marriage than I think most people are, um, to serve my husband well by not being super insecure or super needy or elevating him to the level of being my God. Um, so yeah, here are 15 things that you can do 
to build and maintain confidence as a single woman, also known as 15 things I want to thank my single self for. (laughs) Okay, number one, do embrace your sadness. Okay, I'm positive that's not what you thought (laughs) number one was going to (laughs) be. Um, embrace my sadness. How does that help me build and maintain confidence? The short answer to that guys is that it's authentic. Okay. Um, you're not running from yourself and it builds emotional intelligence, which builds maturity to be able to say, this is hard. Some people are so afraid of difficult emotions, but that's a slightly immature and fearful way to live. Being single is hard. There are moments of deep, deep loneliness. There are moments of deep questioning of God. There are moments of heart-crushing, dream-crushing grief. And I am so glad that I filled probably 50 journals over the years with my tears and that God met me there in those moments and he held my tears in his hands and that I you know, after embracing my sadness, I don't just live there. You know, you have to go then do what it takes to make yourself feel better. So, you know, when you have a good cry, for example, um, or you admit that you're sad about something, an emotional sort of low like that, just biologically, chemically only lasts about a half an hour to an hour. You know, you're kind of cried out, your sadness sweeps over you and it passes over you. Then you go take a bath or call a friend or take a walk or exercise. Like when I say embrace your sadness, that doesn't mean you're depressed for months or years. It just means that you're honest and authentic. And in this way, you build so much confidence by being able to face difficult emotions. I mean, you're going to get real comfortable being uncomfortable as a single person, but ultimately that just makes you wicked, like strong and mature. So Embrace your sadness is number one. Number two, don't lower your standards. Don't lower your standards. I would highly recommend that you do write down the main sort of non-negotiables that you're looking for and that you run those by like a married woman that you really respect. And she'll tell you if they're the right important things or not, because maybe you've left something like kindness or hard worker off of your list. And that needs to be on your list. You know, she might say, uh, this is a really big deal. You might want to think about adding this to your list. Or maybe on your list, you have something like athletic and she'll be like, uh, athletic doesn't really matter in the long run. Um, but yeah, don't lower your standards. Don't go on blind dates with guys that you're not interested in. You know what I mean? This, this goes very well. I'll get to that next one. Number three, (laughs) this one's random, but it's true. Do elevate your clothes and your company. Okay. So our self-concept as a single woman is a very interesting thing because on some level, especially as Christian women, we've kind of been taught that you become an adult when you get married or you become an adult when you have children or you become an adult when you have sex. And so for a lot of my singleness, I kind of lived in the, okay, well, I guess I'm just like an older college student now because I was never taught how to live in the in-between. Um, and so I would dress like that and even act like that. I mean, to this day, I wear baseball hats all the time, which I'll never stop doing, but 
the day that I stopped shopping at Forever 21, <laughs> right? Like the day I went into Express or Dillard's or Nordstrom and I tried on clothes that fit me well and that looked professional and that looked good and that made me feel like I was a 27-year-old or 30-year-old or 32-year-old woman helped me. It built my confidence. It made me feel like a woman. It made me feel like a grown-up. And those things can be hard to find as a single woman. So I challenge you to think about what you're wearing, not all the time, but sometimes, and the company that you keep. So as an older, elevating your clothes and your company just means don't act younger than you are. Don't dress younger than you are. Don't only hang out with people that are younger than you are. Because another issue as single people is we usually, most of the other single people, especially if you're an older single, are younger than us. Well, make sure you have friends your own age or even older. Find professional mentors. They don't all have to be Christians either. I mean, you can have friends who are like not married or not in the church, but who are your age or older and they challenge you to think and they challenge you to grow and they challenge you to love the world. Um, when you start to accept the fact that just because you're single doesn't mean you're not your actual age, right? You're 25, you're 27, you're 30, you're 32, you're 42. Elevate your clothes and your company because your self-concept is not defined by a man or marriage or having sex or having children. It's something you get to create and you get to embrace right now. Okay. Number four, don't put yourself in stupid and scary situations out of desperation. This is similar to number two, which is don't lower your standards, but don't put yourself in stupid or scary situations out of desperation. Usually goes to online dating. Um, you know, go, agreeing to meet up with a guy who your gut kind of tells you no, and you do it anyway, or agreeing to go out with him a second time anything along those lines, which we've all probably done once or twice. And then you learn, right? Like my gut kind of told me no about that. And I did it anyway. This is a major shot to your confidence when you do this, because your, your deepest sort of like knowing you can call it the Holy spirit, which I think it is. You ignored it. Something in you said, don't message this guy back. Don't go on a date with this guy. Um, don't whatever kiss him. Don't go back to his house. And you did it anyway out of desperation. This is a real betrayal of your stronger self, your confident self, your self that does know better. So in order to build and maintain confidence, don't put yourself in stupid or scary situations. Number five, do put yourself in smart and scary situations to grow. So I mean, hands down, my favorite thing about singleness was the fact that I had years and time to do things I wanted to do, explore new things. I moved to Virginia. I pursued my master's degree. Uh, for a little while in my early 20s, I worked on a dude ranch in Montana. I lived in San Diego for a while. I was able to lead some mission trips to India, Turkey, Africa. And all of those things were scary you know, it's always a little bit scary to try something new or to move to a place where you don't know people, but they were smart scary in the sense that I wanted to do them and I thought it through. People knew where I was going. People knew what I was doing. I felt God calling me to do those things. So 
And they totally radically built my confidence, right? I mean, 34-year-old Rebecca, who can travel internationally by herself and feel confident and comfortable doing it, is a very mature version of 24-year-old Rebecca, which is the one who drove to Montana by herself and was more scared and didn't have quite the same voice that I had, that I have now. So putting yourself in smart but scary situations to grow just helps you become an adult. You know, again, if you're waiting to get married or to have kids or to have sex to quote unquote mature or quote unquote become an adult, you're waiting around for wrong and I would even say unbiblical things. Just do it now. Do it now. Put yourself in those situations now. I know it's not fun to do stuff quote unquote alone and I know you don't want to do stuff alone and I know it would be more fun and it would build more memories and in your mind you're like, yeah, but I want to travel with a man. Okay, but you don't have one right now. And I thank my single self for doing some of that stuff and not waiting. Okay. Number six, do dive into healthy self-discovery. So I became obsessed in my mid twenties, early, like when I was in grad school with kind of personality tests. So I've done the Myers-Briggs. I mean, the Enneagram wasn't a thing then, but the Clifton Strengths Finder, the disc profile, you name it, I've done it. And I loved learning about myself. I loved, I loved knowing how God made me to be, you know, like you are not just, uh, the, the roles that you play in your life. You're not just a wife or a mother or whatever, or a single woman, whether you're married or unmarried, having sex, not having sex, whatever, you are who God created you to be. You are, we can grow and we can change and we get refined, but you came out of the womb different and unique and with your own special gifts and talents and personality. And it doesn't matter if you're single or married, you are who you are for the rest of your life. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's unique and God didn't mess up on you. And so in a healthy way, like figure out what that is. Figure out your your personality type. Figure out if you're an introvert, introvert or extrovert. What makes you feel alive? What your core fears are? What your strengths are? What your weaknesses are? Um, what you like to create? If you're creative or more thoughtful? If you're more emotional? If you're, I mean, there's so much that you can learn about you. God created you so unique. And he didn't mess up on you. Okay. So the beauty of who God made you to be is there right now. And it's going to be there someday when you're married. So get to know it now. I mean, it's only going to make you a better wife and a better mother if and when God brings that into your life. So this is a huge part of, of building confidence because then you just like, you know yourself, you're more comfortable in your own skin. You don't feel like comparing yourself to other people as much anymore. There's not a lot of self-judgment or comparison because you're like, this is who God made me to be, you know? And, th- and that journey, when I say healthy self-discovery, should be done with God. It should be done in partnership with prayer and Bible reading. Like, you know, I'm not, we don't, we're not talking about pride or thinking that we're better than other people, but God revealed to me who you knit me 
together to be in my mother's womb. Reveal to me how I'm different than anybody else on this planet. Reveal to me how I shine your glory, how I uniquely spread your fragrance to the world around me. It's such an incredible confidence building opportunity and you have so much time to do it as a single woman. Like do it. Number seven, do serve and give. Um, as single women, we can be incredibly set in our ways and kind of selfish <laughs> because we have everything. Usually we can like do everything the way we want to do everything. So I think it's pretty important to serve and give um, just to kind of stay uncomfortable. I think that's actually an important thing in our life. But in the sense of building and maintaining confidence, serving and giving gives you a purpose. You know, it gives you okay, this is how I fit into the kingdom now. I'm not second rate. I'm not wasting my life. We were made to give and serve. And again, if you think you can only do that when I, oh, I have a husband or children to serve, or I get to be a homemaker, you're wrong. Like you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you, you can give and serve and feel that purpose down in your bones right now. And this is as simple as volunteering at your church or a nonprofit organization in your community. It is as simple as trying multiple different things until you find kind of your, the thing you're specially gifted at and the thing that you love doing. Number eight, do travel. If any of you guys know me at all, I'm the world's biggest advocate of travel, but it's, it is literally one of the things that becomes way harder when you get married and when you have kids, it's just incredibly hard. It, it, it's so much easier as a single person. You've got a little bit more money and you've got a lot more time usually as a single person, whether you travel alone or with friends do travel. This is one of the things I totally thank my single self for and completely builds your confidence. Number nine, don't make your experience of being single personal. Obviously this could be a whole book in and of itself, but I just, let me give you, let me just say it this way. When a guy ghosts you, <laughs> right? Or you like a guy and he picks your friend instead of you. We can handle that one of two ways. We can go to the Lord with it and say, I'm sad and it hurts. Like I'm confused. You know, why didn't he pick me? Or Lord, I'm just sad. When's it going to help me? I, I even feel rejected. You know, help me. That's reality. And that's dealing with the situation as it is. But Satan is going to want to whisper in your ear. See, I told you you're unlovable. Nobody wants you. You're not good enough. And singleness has a lot of opportunities for Satan to lie to us. If you want to build and maintain confidence, you have to fight those thoughts. I mean, you just, you cannot make it about the fact that you're single because you're not enough. You have to dig deep and do the work and believe what the Bible says that you're single because this is a gift. You're single because God has a plan for your life. You're single because this is how God wants to use you right now. Not because there's anything wrong with you. 
See, God wants to say, this is a gift, lean into it. Satan wants to say, there's something wrong with you. You cannot believe that lie. Number 10, and I've hit on this a little bit, so I'm just going to read it and move on. Do discover and refine your strengths. Number 11, don't have sex. <laughs> um, you can go back and listen to the previous episode in which I talk about how I believe celibacy helped build my confidence. But yeah, when it comes to building and maintaining confidence, having sex and then having to go through a breakup or whatever is more detrimental to the confidence and to the self-image than it is helpful for sure. And any sin that we engage in separates us from the Lord, um, not from our salvation or his love for us, but the Bible clearly teaches that sin does separate us from intimacy, from a, a closeness with God until we repent. So engaging in premarital sex is going to make God feel distant. And also it's going to make you feel, um, it's going to make you feel bad when you realize you've been used, which is most of the time what's going on in those situations. So number 12, do take up space in church. Okay. <laughs> now this one I didn't do too. I did. I mean, I eventually did. It took me a while and I struggled with it the whole 20 years because churches are so family centric, so marriage minded. Um, in fact, the next podcast that's coming out on Monday is going to be kind of my recommendations to churches. If any church out there will listen about how I think they need to catch up to what the Bible says and how they need to minister better to the single people in, in the community, because I read some statistic the other day that in 2018, the proportion of single and married adults became equal for the first time in like the history of the world. So it was 50, 50, you know, adults are 50% married and 50% single and churches have not, I mean, churches operate as if it's like 90, 10. Um, so all that to say, I think it's going to be our job as single people. I know I'm married now, but I still feel like I'll always be one of you. Um, it's our job as single people to be the change in the church. So that means volunteer. It means go to Bible studies. It means sit in that small group and challenge just be yourself, be who you are. Um, and don't be afraid to kind of like gently challenge it sometimes, you know, I mean, you can in all humility say things like, yeah, I mean, we're doing another single series at, or another marriage marriage series at church. And, you know, I've been in church my whole life and I've never heard a series on singleness. You know, it just kind of makes us single people feel left out or less than, um, Things like that. I mean, we have to be the change that we want to see in the church. Number 13, do stay in community. Don't get too isolated. So isolation and loneliness can leave us in our thoughts too much. <laughs> and um, this kills our confidence. Also, in general, loneliness, too much loneliness kills our confidence. So whether you choose to just have roommates, even if you could afford to live alone, or whether you cho choose to become really good friends with your coworkers, whether you choose to stay living near family because it's important to you to stay in community, you don't want to move away and be isolated. It's up to you how you want to do it. 
but just don't get too isolated. Um, this is, it just is not good for the confidence. It's not good for our thriving in any form or phase of life to be too isolated. Number 14, do circular date. What? What the heck does that mean? Um, circular dating means that you date more than one person at a time. <laughs> now, real quick, if you, if some guy says, I want to be exclusive with you, like, can we be boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever? Sure. You don't date multiple people at one time. But what I mean by circular dating is if some guy, or you go on some blind date with some guy or some guy hits you up on an app and you want to, you know, hang out with him or you guys start texting or whatever, make sure that you're talking to multiple people at one time. It's killer on the confidence if you immediately attach your hope to one dude who you don't even know. Like you're not attaching your hope to one dude. You're meeting a bunch of people at one time and you're keeping your options open because guess what? You might not like that guy next week or the week after. You have every right in the world to date as many people as you want until one of those guys looks you in the eye and says, hey, I really like you. And if you feel the same way, then you guys, you know what I mean? It, it, saves you from having a whole bunch of needless disappointments, which can be a major shot to the confidence. And as we wrap it up here, number 15 is change your belief that singleness is a gift. Belief. Um, you know, all of these recommendations I've given you really only work when you decide that singleness really is a gift. If you don't decide that singleness is really a gift, even, even if you're lonely some days, or even if you have unmet desire, or even if you feel kind of the grief of like years passing by, cool, that's fine. That's reality. Go ahead and deal with that sadness in your journal with the Lord, talk to a friend, but you can have that sadness or that grief occasionally while still believing this is a gift. You can. You can feel both things at one time. So, you know, all these recommendations I just gave you are just going to be you kind of white knuckling it or trying or doing it because Rebecca said to do it. And your life and your singleness are still going to suck. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that. Are still going to stink <laughs> because your heart hasn't changed. I mean, your heart is still bitter at God. Your heart still thinks your life is not okay. Your thoughts around singleness, if you want to thrive and make the most of it, have to change. Again, that doesn't mean that you won't have hard days or difficult feelings. You will. But so do married women and so do mothers who love their children. They have really hard, difficult days where they're like, I don't even like my kids. Or like, why did I have five kids? <laughs> it's the same with singleness. Singleness is a gift and you can love it and still have the days where it's hard. The Bible clearly teaches that neither singleness nor marriage should be devalued or avoided, okay? Because neither singleness nor marriage saves you. Now, the modern Christian church is really behind on this, but the Bible is not. God is not. The Bible is extremely clear. Don't avoid marriage if it's what God has for you, but don't avoid singleness. Like, it's so hard in this day and age, in this romantic relationship day and age. And it's not just the church, right? It's every movie we watch. It's every fairy tale we grew up with. 
we really do think we were created as human beings to grow up, to fall in love, to get married, to have kids happily ever after. That is not what the Bible says. And I know for those of you that have, that are hopeless romantics like me, I'm a hopeless romantic, which means I love love. Letting go of this belief that you're, that singleness is bad and that being in romantic love is better. Letting go of that belief is like, like ripping candy from a baby's hands. <laughs> it's like stopping a freight train. But let me tell you, if you want to enjoy your life, you have to let go of it. And it doesn't mean God won't give it to you someday. You still might, I, I got to, I mean, you, you still might very well get to enjoy romantic love in your life. But you do have to let go of loving romantic love more than you love God himself. And when we do that, okay, then we can do all these other things that really make our single life magnificent. Embracing your sadness. Don't lower your standards. Elevating our self-concept by what we wear, by our company. Not putting ourselves in stupid and scary situations. Yes, putting ourselves in smart but scary situations to grow. Diving into healthy self-discovery. Serving, giving, traveling. Not making our experience personal. Meaning not believing Satan's lies about what singleness means, you know, about you as a person. Do discover and refine your strengths. Don't have sex. Do take up space in the church and help change the marriage-centric culture of most churches. Do stay in community. Don't get too isolated. Do circular date. (laughs) And do change your beliefs that singleness is a gift. By God's grace, I was able to do most of these things in my singleness. And it's such a prime opportunity. Your singleness is a gift. It really is a gift. It's a prime opportunity for you to build confidence in God and his love for you and confidence in yourself and the fact that you're enough as you are. Okay, friends, I really hope that this episode spoke to you and I really hope that it unleashes those of you who've been a little bit stuck to like embrace this gift that God has given you and embrace your life that God has given you because it is good. It is good. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your life. God sees you. God is for you. Go make the most of it. If you guys enjoyed that episode or you have questions, comments, suggestions, email me. I check my email every day and I will respond to you. You can reach me at podcast at rebecca-ann.com. That's podcast at R-E-B-E-K-A-H-A-N-N-E.com. Drop me a line. I cannot wait to hear from you. And I might even read your email on the air. Also, don't forget to rate this show, review it, share it with friends. Let's keep getting this type of teaching out there into the world. I need your guys' help to do that. 